0: this podcast and I had a whole segment I finished it and I was like okay I'm done but the more I talked it felt like the less even I felt like my words mattered or whatever I was doing mattered I initially wanted this podcast or this episode today to be about getting the people in my life to see me to understand what I'm going through to to hear me you know but I realize that here's the truth. There is very little that I can say to change perceptions. There is very little that I can do to change views. So I am doing this podcast with a slightly different idea in mind. It is to just finally call out things for what they are and to name them as they are. I was born in Zimbabwe after independence about 11 years after independence so I am a born free that means my country for as long as I've remembered it has been majority black black run black owned and black power but the definition of saying black was never really that big for me because it was normal to call me black in a Zimbabwean context doesn't actually really tell you much about me it doesn't add really much to the value to the value of it. But I did go to a nursery school that was previously predominantly white. I don't remember much from that time, but I do remember funny experiences like the fact that the mothers, <laughs> the black mothers, would speak in Shona, which is the native language that I speak. And they were trying to gossip about the teacher. And then the teacher came and started talking to, to having baby talk with one of the kids in Shauna. Just so that the mothers knew she could understand and speak Shauna too. And I thought that was funny. That was my idea or my experience with racism. Fast forward, I went to a primary school. It used to be the best primary school that was government owned. In my district but i remember by the time i went to grade one there were no more non-black people there because evidently it was already like well known all the white people had pulled their kids away from public schools so that they can send them to private schools that were predominantly all white or actually all white they would rather homeschool their kids than be around black kids at this point and again that was my experience with racism almost passive almost something of a bigger narration to my life then high school i went to pita which was again a historically white school but at this point it was about 40 percent white 60 percent black so in the power of the majority a lot of the things that were racist just didn't hurt as much or they didn't affect me as much or i couldn't name them as such but the truth is I was not exempt to it and I'm going to recall a particular incident that is going to factor and shame and 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 show of the story that I want to talk to about today is Peter house was one of the elite schools in Zimbabwe among the black girls and that were because it was a girls' school and the boys school were the most powerful some of the wealthiest people in the in the country sent their kids to this school. On average the net wealth wealth of these black kids and these black families was in the top ten percent of the country. Yet I recall randomly, I don't even know how the conversation had started, but I know it became a fact that was known when apparently the black boys had asked the white boys if they would ever date any of the black girls. And the black the white boys apparently had said we only ever see the black girls as mates see the wealth and the education and the culture and everything about us did not exempt us from the racist views and degraded beliefs because these people say that regardless of what you're worth or what you achieve Oh, how smarter you are, how much talented you are. You're nothing but someone who I can only view as a servant. Again, in the power of the majority, we didn't think much of it. Because at the end of the day, look, some of these guys were not even viable partners just because they were not in the same financial bracket as most of the people. So we didn't talk about it. I didn't think much about race, and it's something that I don't like to talk about. And I'm gonna say that I don't like to talk about race. Talk about race and to call people racist and to have these racial issues. It's a conversation I hate to have. I loathe to have it. I often avoid it by all means necessary. The reason I avoid it is because I feel like it is a it is a it is a zero sum game. It is a it is a conversation with no winners, with nothing. It feels like I get to say something hurts, but I get nothing. There is no action. There's no reward. So maybe that's why for a very long time, I never wanted to acknowledge it. I was raised by first generation out of the war, first generation out of colonization. I am literally first generation after colonization. I am so privileged in so many ways, and I am grateful for the life that I've been given So it becomes hard for me to acknowledge that there are obstacles that I can't surmount or there are views and beliefs that I can't change. I have a president who made me feel like I was powerful. That being me, being Zimbabwean, being black was powerful. It's something I believe and I only hold dear and true. And I never question. So it becomes hard when I get into spaces where people challenge that belief or try and make me believe I'm less than what I know to be. But that's what happened. When I came to university, I remember I met this boy. He was, at first he was just very chatty, you know, like really cool, chatty little boy. And we were chatting. And he came from an upper-class British family. And I remember we were having conversation again. Somehow the conversation came into racial dating. And then he turned around and he said, I want you to realize that white men will date black women, but they will not marry black women. And in this regard, he was talking about rich, powerful, successful, old money, wealthy white men. And I remember looking at him and being like, huh, wow, you know? And I remember me and my friends saying, look, we know this guy is racist, but at least he's openly racist. That's because even though he was saying these words and they felt brutal, they felt horrible to hear, he was saying things that we knew, most of the people around us already believed in so. I walked into a world that somehow saw me as less than based on the color of my skin. I remember, I remember trying to navigate that. There is an assumption when it comes to interracial dating that somehow my family, being black, is way more accepting or ready and willing. Or interracial relationships or interracial dating but the truth of the matter is i feel like the, my parents would rather i marry somebody from my own culture for my own things because to some extent the same prejudices that most people hold we all hold based on our experiences but the difference is a willingness to educate themselves i find in my parents A willingness to educate and a willingness to to accept that the world may be more than they still it's higher than in the world that i'm experiencing i come into a world that looks at me as less than and constantly looks for reason to justify that recently i had a guy approach me a white guy approached me i didn't approach him he approached me (laughs) i think that's the first important part He made advances, and I made it clear that his advances just weren't working because I found him not compatible with me. His response was something that was borderline... You know what? But this makes sense because you're racist, right? This guy who came across normal started talking about how how dare i ask that of any relationship when i'm african and because and when i ask him what do you mean and he's like well you know because africans are poor but i was like why do you assume because i'm african i'm poor you met me in sydney australia what about me say When he couldn't address this, he said, no, but your cousins are poor. I'm like, but what do you know about my cousins? What about my cousins? He like, no, I don't mean your actual cousins. I mean like other Africans are poor. And then when you ask the same question, say, look, but you're Polish and most Poland is a poor country and it has poverty. This guy refused because you see in his head, poverty is something that is synonymous with being African. And it cannot be something that is real for him. Yet my experience and my travels have shown me that a lot of European countries, a lot of Western countries have significant poverty, which is actually relatively worse than the poverty in Africa because it isn't a lack of actual access, it's structural. Yet here I was with a guy who approached me because he thought I was less than. His assumption was the color of my skin meant that I was deserving of less respect, that I was deserving of lesser standards, that I was deserving of lesser effort simply because I was black. Then the question becomes, why did he approach me in the first place, right? And the truth is, because he sees me as less than, I am somebody to be used for sexual pleasure, But never really somebody to be taken seriously. And this is the theme that I keep seeing on and on and on again. And when we talk about racism, it's very easy to make this a white and black situation. I have had the exact same experience with Asian guys. I literally had guys tell me, look, I would absolutely date a black woman. And they were on dates with me. But I would never marry you or take you home. Because I just couldn't deal with that level of a hassle. Yes, it becomes a hassle because (laughs) you know your family will be racist. You know that your family has deep values that are anti-black. You know that blackness and that being lighter and being closer to whiter is something that is valued in your culture, in all cultures. But you know that to bring this conversation up within your family structures is going to be difficult. But here we are and we have the conversation and no one wants to address that, right? And then the next thing comes to this concept when you ask to tell people like, oh, you know, then people are like, no, 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 no. It's not that our family is racist. It's not, it's not like we're saying you shouldn't date interracially because we're racist. We're just saying that our cultures are different. And then I ask the question, what about my culture do you know? What about my culture do you know that can have you justify that your culture and my culture are not compatible? What about my culture do you know exactly? See, saying our cultures are not compatible has become a euphemism for racism, has become a euphemism because I can't date you because you're black. I would be very happy to have somebody get to know my culture, then say, look, your culture has these, these, these aspects and these aspects are just not compatible with these aspects of my culture that I value. Yet often when people talk about culture, it's people who have not even bothered to get to know me. And I want to say this, and this is a concept that I keep seeing even in friendship. I have attempts at friendships where I end up having people being like, No, 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 of course. It's not that this person was being racist. They were actually just, you know, different cultures. Our culture. no. You're racist. Your behavior is racist. That is racist. The the things you're saying to me are racist. It's not a cultural thing and it is not lost in translation. It is the fact that what is being translated is exactly what it is. I remember coming to Sydney and being so shocked. My whole life I am used to racism from white people and even the current discourse is a lot of racism for white people and that is because look, My country was colonized by white people. A lot of Africa was colonized by white people. So we are used to racism structurally, systematically, in every way from white people. I expect it. I'm used to it. In a ways, I've learned to deal with it and to identify it when it happens to me. What I wasn't used to was whether white people had said to me, Are you on scholarship? Is your dad a politician? Is your dad corrupt? These were the questions I was asked blatantly to tell me that I didn't belong where I was. Here, I got the questions that kept coming every single conversation. Hi, how are you? So how long have you been here? See, the first couple times it happened, I thought, oh, you know, we all want to know how long we've been here. But after a while, I realized what people were asking me is, why do you speak English that well? why is your English like that so I started being like hi I've been here this long but I speak like this because my country was colonized by British people and English is an official language in my country and then it's like a light bulb moment like oh that's why and I'm like yes that is why you know um because to them to the people I was meeting they weren't expecting me to sound like I sounded. They were not expecting me to hold myself, to carry myself, to command a room like I commanded a room. I surprised them and they just didn't know how to put it. And when I say command a room, like we're going to tell you funny antidote about my welcome events. My welcome events, I ended up looking like the host of events because I just network because I have been groomed and nurtured and trained to do so because I'm confident that way. But people just couldn't balance it out. It was having people be curious about me because I was not the box they wanted me to be. And I honestly thought, okay, maybe curiosity is a good thing because people want to learn. But what I realized soon is that the racial and anti-blackness, particularly in the Asian culture, is so strong that it cannot easily be erased by being a good person and being normal. I met people who, I always talk about this one girl, like how when we met in the halls of before class started and it was just me and her, we would chat. We would have a normal conversation like normal human beings, you know. And as soon as our other Chinese friends came through, this girl would ignore me and act like I don't exist. It was like you could almost see it. Like I could, I could, I started to... The first time it happened, I was like, okay, you know, I'm being oversensitive. (laughs) The second, the third, the fourth time, I knew it was what it was. And it kept happening over and over again, where when I meet her alone, her body language and our interactions are normal, they're relaxed. And as soon as other people come... And it's almost like i become a pariah become something to hide something to distance themselves from then came another group of friends i made friends and i thought oh we got along texted we were texting we were having a good conversation and i thought we'd build rapport and guess what we hadn't because again when it came to seeing, being seen together or having a conversation in person, it's like people were so awkward. People just, just didn't know what to do. Like I was doing something wrong. And again, I found myself in a place where somehow my blackness was something that was making me a pariah. That's what it was like. And... It was when a friend <laughs> said to me that she doesn't, she had talked to her boyfriend and her boyfriend had said that people should not date um, interracially. But I'm guessing because I had been the subject of this conversation that black people should not date Asian people because our cultures are different. Yet again, there comes the question of, my friend doesn't know anything about my culture because she's never asked. She's never once asked me or been curious about anything to do with my culture other than the fact that I'm black. So I don't know what aspects of my culture she was referring to or she and her partner were referring to. But what I do remember was the feeling I felt when she said it. Yes, of course, I knew her boyfriend had said this thing. But beyond that, there was this feeling of, I wonder what she said when he said that. I wonder what she explained. And more importantly, why was I part of that conversation? Because I knew that this was a conversation that I just did not guarantee that my blackness was not a factor. Look, I know a lot of times of the conversation that I'm saying right now, it's going to sound a lot like, oh, you know, but, you know, it's just like, these are just a few people. And I've heard that a lot from my friends since I got here. It's like, oh, it's just a few people. Some people are just like that. No, it's not just some people. And it's also just the level of comfort people feel saying things like that. Um, You know, and it's constant. So I remember this day I met a girl and I was like, "Uh, I'm trying to make friends. Try to make friends we go for lunch, we're literally out for lunch, and cute guy walks in, really cute guy, and I'm like, oh, he's so hot, he's so so hot, and then she's like, yeah, you I don't believe in interracial dating, even though this girl had just told me how she had spent her whole three years, three, four years at the University of Sydney trying to date and be involved with white people. Somehow, when the subject of interracial texting became me, a black person, it became something she did not believe in. That was not lost on me, and that definitely, that relationship, friendship did not go anyway. A lot of what I'm saying might seem like I'm making it up, and I don't know, I think that's why I struggle to talk about this, right? But the reason I know it is racism is because... Here's the facts. Like I told you, I come from a country where I was taught that I am powerful and I am awesome and I am phenomenal. We believe that fortune is what you make and you work hard. The one thing that I never wanted to acknowledge was the fact that my skin could be reason for anyone to treat me as less than. So when i came to the uk when i came to australia and people said our cultures are different or that you don't fit in i wore wigs i dress different i laugh in a giggle instead of a belly deep laugh i learned to move in ways that are more culturally acceptable but even after i'd done all the work it wasn't enough i traveled And I'm already well-read. I'm well-educated. And from great universities across the world, I am well-cultured. I know a lot. I am... Honestly, At a certain point, I had fixed all I could fix about myself and realized that the truth of the conversation was the one thing that I couldn't fix and the one thing that I couldn't change was my pers- was anyone else's perceptions about what my blackness meant. I had to accept that I walk into certain rooms, whether that's love, whether that's friendship, where people look at me and see a black person, and there's nothing wrong with being black. I accept that I'm black. I love that I'm black. My ancestors were black. My family's black. I love being black. But I realized that that doesn't mean the same thing to the world as it does to me. to the world everyone every culture has their little idea of what blackness is and i i think the beautiful quote that i saw recently was when somebody said that until the world acknowledges that almost every culture has a verbal word for anti for black has a racist term for black people we cannot dec- we cannot accept what un- that the anti-blackness is not. We can't deny that anti-blackness is not a thing. So basically, everybody has a racist term. And I, I see it all the time. I see it in language. I see it when I consume media from all the cultures. I see it, right? So when people see me, even people who have never experienced black people in their lives, even people who have not even bothered to educate themselves about any aspect of black culture, when they come and they look at me, They already have an idea of what I'm supposed to be. They're either looking for reasons to justify that belief or they're just sticking on extras without actually changing their core belief. And their core belief has tended to be that I am somehow less than because I'm black. But the thing is, that's not true. And the reason I'm having this conversation is not to convince myself or to convince anybody else that being black does not make me less than or that I am amazing because I'm black. I am amazing, full stop. It's not about trying to convince people. It's about finally acknowledging that the people and that other cultures tend to have racist views and beliefs around black people and around my blackness. And I, I'm not going to try change it or try be like, "Oh I'm going to fix it," or this needs to change." The truth is, you're allowed to believe what you believe about what it means to be black or whatever. That's your prerogative. But in acknowledging that racist behavior and racist things happen around me, I am hoping to give myself the freedom to stop trying to fix something that is not broken because I am great. And I'm also starting to give responsibility and to call out the racist behavior around me, not because I can change it, but so that it won't be something that I have to keep accommodating. I have had some racist experiences. It, and they've been difficult. And, like I said, some of these things have happened and been at the hands of people that I call my friends. They have been at the hands of people that I assumed liked me. Sometimes I've seen it coming, but others I've been as shocked about it. Ultimately, though. whatever we think about race, whether you think your race, your nationality, your tribe, your religion, your whatever is superior than somebody else's. I think we need to educate ourselves. We need to be curious. So so people out there who say I have a this friend, I have a whatever, insert adjective friend. What exactly do you know? About your friend what do you know about this aspect of them what do you know about their blackness what do you know about their culture what do you know about this person beyond your already perceived views I hope that as I go into the future I meet with friends and I meet with people who give me a chance to get to know me as me To have people who are as curious about my culture as I am about theirs. To have people who acknowledge and don't try to pretend or minimize the anti-blackness in their own cultures and belief systems. People who can be honest and hold real space for real conversations. My friend said to me the other day that having conversations about this is difficult. And the truth is, yes, it is. But I do think that even the most difficult conversations when, when said with love, with sincerity, they're conversations that can still be heard and had. So this is all for me for this week. And I hope you stay beautiful. I hope you stay amazing. And I'll see you next week. Take care.